Hi, welcome back to Boundaries Plus with Portia. I have missed you all. I have missed you all. It has been quite a few months since we've last checked in, but I will tell you what, life has been lifing. And if you've been with me for a while, or even if you're just joining me for the first time, you will understand that I do not like to apologize for life happening because we have to do what we have to do to make sure that we're okay. I have some exciting updates for you. I'm currently recording this from my new home in Chicago. That's right. I moved. I moved. I've been in Chicago for about seven weeks. Yeah, almost two months now. And I'm so happy to be here. It's been a dream of mine. It's been something I've really wanted to do. And I was able to make that dream come true, largely in part due to support from listeners and community on other social media platforms. So thank you so much for your support there. I'm so excited to be here and I'm so excited to see what comes next being here and and being able to explore more of work like this that allows us to continue to heal together to create the change that we're looking for, to create the change that helps decolonize the systems that that are in place that are oppressive. I wanted to talk today about teaching and learning and how those two need to coexist and how they can coexist better. I was having a conversation um, on live the other day on TikTok live with my good friends, Rebecca and Caroline. And we were talking as we do. And one of the things came up is how we often hear from people that are getting into decolonizing work, anti-racism work. They're talking about how they're trying to learn They're talking about how they're trying to understand, that they're trying to listen and learn. And one of the things that we said was, how are you trying to do either one of those things? Because either you're going to learn, either you're going to listen, or you're gonna listen and learn. It's not a thing that you have to try to do. You have to make the decision to actively do it. And when we were having this conversation, there were some comments that were coming back that had a tone that read that, there was almost a bit of defensiveness, right? And not so much defensive as they want to fight back, but saying, no, I'm doing it. I, I'm doing it. But what you don't understand is it's like, it's more different this way, or it's more difficult that way. And I, I stopped the conversation for a minute. And I said, I want you to think about why you're being activated and why, why you feel like you have to be defensive in this moment, why you feel like you have to defend what's happening. And I said that because it's important to recognize that when you are doing this this decolonizing work, when you're doing this work of anti-racism, there are gonna be some times that you hear things that are gonna have you a little bit bristly or a little bit uncomfortable, especially when you start to recognize things that you have to unlearn. After finishing that conversation and thinking some more, I, my brain is always going. I had, an, I had another thought about times where I have had people that are in community with me that have said they are wanting to learn and wanting to uh, understand more about how to become an active anti-racist. And there've been moments where they are told that they got it wrong. And the response is to get angry with me, the person that they're calling their teacher. And I, I find that so interesting because if we think about school, you know, you're in school, elementary school, you're in class and you have teachers that are teaching you things and you get it wrong and they let you know that you got it wrong, whether it's answering a question in class, whether it's on an exam or a paper that you've written, and you find out that you got something wrong. 
while the instinct might be to be frustrated that you didn't get it right, it's not very often that that frustration is then placed on the teacher. So if we move it into learning in a different type of environment, that's not a school, but you still have somebody that you consider an educator or a teacher, when they tell you that you got something wrong, why is the instinct to show frustration or to get angry at that teacher? So of course I did a little bit more deep diving and more thinking about it. And when we talk about, again, the people that are doing this decolonizing work or this work in anti-racism, it's oftentimes white people, even more specifically white women that express that frustration, that want to get mad when they get it wrong. And that comes from just having the expectation that you've been right, being told that you were right, society showing that you were right, operating under the system of white supremacy that tells you that you were right all the time. And deciding to become an active anti-racist is more than just saying, I'm going to do it. It's more than just saying, I'm going to learn or listen to black women. It comes with another layer of acknowledging the fact that you're going to get it wrong and that's okay. And that when you get it wrong, it is not the fault of anybody. It is an opportunity to regroup, to gain new knowledge, to gain new vision and to see things differently. But to expect the person that is teaching you, especially the person that is teaching you from a place of lived experience to sit there and take the anger that you're feeling and take it on is an unfair expectation. Especially when that anger that's coming out about hearing that you got something wrong is not at all tied to the person that's teaching you. If you take a step back and listen, you're not actually mad at me. Let's personalize it. If I tell you that you got it wrong, you're not mad at me. You're mad at the fact that you got it wrong. And that's also society telling you that you have to get it right all the time, that if you get it wrong, that you're not doing it right, that you shouldn't speak out about something until you have it 100% right. And honestly, with this work that we're doing, you're never going to have it 100% right because you're always learning. You are always working to decolonize. You're always working to make sure that you are staying an active anti-racist. And the reason why it's continuous is because when you give your chance, give yourself a chance to let that slip or you're not focused on what you're doing, it can be very easy to fall back into the behaviors that are tied to white supremacy. Case in point, being upset with the person that is teaching you, being upset with the person that is telling you this isn't right. When you get upset about getting something wrong and you shut down, you take away the opportunity to find out what can be done correctly. Hearing that you got something wrong and work like this is not a closed door. What that is, is it's an opportunity to turn the page to the next chapter of your work to find out what you can do to correct what was, what was incorrect. It gives you a chance to understand, okay, so this, this was wrong, but this is what I've known. So that means that I need to unlearn this so that going forward, I am reducing the harm that I cause and I'm increasing the chances for me to make effective change. I've talked before and we've talked before about when you are activated by something that you hear, especially by some, something that you hear 
by an educator, a facilitator, somebody that you're learning from, it's important to pay attention to where that activation is coming from or where you're feeling that activation. Are you feeling it in your gut? If you feel it in your gut, in your stomach, that's letting you know that something, it's, it's triggering something, that gut feeling. You know, we know that saying, oh, I had a gut feeling about this or I felt it in my gut. That's important. Your gut talks to your entire body. It lets you know that something is off or something is standing out to you. So if you hear something, if you hear that this behavior is upholding white supremacy and it makes your stomach hurt, pay attention to that. Your stomach hurts because you're uncomfortable and you're uncomfortable because you're hearing something that is not easy to hear. But that does not mean that it is the worst possible thing in the world. That's letting you know that this is something that I should pay attention to. If you feel it in your chest, that means that your gut's moving up. That means that you've acknowledged at some point, maybe even subconsciously, that something is off or that this is something that I should pay attention to. So if it's in your chest, it almost makes you feel anxious. That's your body telling you, I need to pay more attention to this. Where is this anxiety coming from? Why is what I'm hearing making me anxious? And what can I do to reduce the anxiety? What can I do to make me less anxious about what I'm hearing to allow me to actually hear what's being said? If you feel it in your head, now we've gone from your gut to your chest where the anxious feeling is to your head, which means that now you're trying to make that cognitive connection to what you're hearing to what you've been doing, to what you've known, to what needs to be different. Your body will tell you the stages of where you're at with what you're hearing and where you're learning. And with that, you respond in kind. So when you have your teacher who's telling you these things, and again, especially if the educator that you're learning from, who I hope that you're learning from, is somebody who's teaching from a place of personal experience, lived experience, and you feel activated about that, that means that you are seeing this person as a human, you're hearing them as a human, and it's making you feel some type of way, which is what we almost want. We want to be seen as human. We want to be humanized. And so when you have a visceral reaction or a reaction of any type to hearing about lived experiences that are part of your learning, pay attention to that. That is how you make sure that you stay connected to the work that you're doing. That is how you make sure that what you are doing and how you're participating is intentional and that it is not just centered around you being comfortable or you feeling at ease. We know that the right to comfort is a pillar of white supremacy and it can be natural to want to be comfortable in an environment where you are learning something new. But my question to you all, this is something that I want you to think about. My question to you all is why do you want to be comfortable in the work of decolonizing and deconstructing and dismantling white supremacy? That's something that this is a takeaway. I want, I want you to think about that. I want you to ask yourself that question. If you have to stop this and rewind it and play it again, or if you write it down after, and re read it back to yourself, why do you want to be comfortable in the act of dismantling white supremacy? Because white supremacy for what it is, is not something that's designed for comfort. It's not designed for ease. It is designed for oppression. So dismantling that should make you feel some type of way 
that makes you want to get angry at the system in place and not angry at the person who is telling you about these systems. This should make you get angry about what has happened historically and what is happening currently and not angry at the person who is teaching you the ways to dismantle those systems. This exchange of teaching and learning, I say so often it's a community and it truly is because we have to be able to recognize what's happening. We have to recognize what's happening with each person. For me to even have this conversation with you all and explain to you or even share with you what I'm recognizing when I see it in response to me, that's me being in community with you all. I'm paying attention to what I see. I'm paying attention to what I hear. I pay attention to how things are said to me, what's said to me. And in exchange, when you're learning from me or from somebody else, pay attention to how we're speaking to you. When we speak, we don't always speak in a direct version of this is what you are saying or this is what you have done wrong. It's often in broad, broad tones, broad stories. This is something that has happened. This is something that we have seen. This is where white supremacy is still being upheld. If you find yourself relating to what is being said, pay attention to that. Find out what you're relating to. Find out what's drawing to you. What are you recognizing? And with that, that's when you can go to that next step. Okay, I recognize my behavior in that. What do I need to do to help me decolonize from that behavior? What do I need to listen to? What steps are next? But if you find yourself getting stuck in that anger of being told that you are wrong, you're going to be stuck in a place that will not allow you to heal, to grow, and to be a part of effective change. And honestly, at the end of the day, if you are with me or if you have decided to learn from anybody, I believe that you truly do want to heal and you truly do want to be a part of change. It's okay to be activated by the things that you hear. It's okay to get frustrated by the things that you're learning and unlearning. It is okay to feel overwhelmed by everything that you're learning. That's natural. That is what we expect. We want you to have feelings. We want you to be engaged. We want you to feel all of the things, but feel them in a way that allows you to grow from them and feel them in a way that is intentional as part of your growth and not as a way to diminish or dismiss somebody who has made the decision to be in community with you, to help create the change that is so necessary. I know that it can be a lot. I know that it can be so much at times, but ultimately pay attention to what you're actually feeling, where those feelings come from and what to do with those feelings. Pay attention to the anger that comes up. We'll call it anger. If you feel angry in the work that you're doing, this is my call to action for you, my actionable items. When you feel angry, sit with that anger for a moment, moment and figure out where that anger is actually coming from. Find the root cause of that. And I am 99.9% .9 sure that your anger is not with the person delivering the message. It is with the message that you're hearing and beyond the message that you're hearing, it is a recognition 
that you have seen it, that you have likely participated in it, and you were unaware. Those are three things. You've seen it, whether you were aware of it, you've seen it, you've participated in it, whether subconsciously or just living as yourself in a society that was created for you. And you're upset about the fact that you've missed it. It can be frustrating to have somebody point that out to you, but again, the frustration is not at the person, it is what you're recognizing. Once you understand that frustration and anger are okay, that having those, those emotions are okay, that will help you with this work. Once you recognize that having those, those emotions as frustration and anger are okay, but not necessary to share with the person that's teaching you, that's another step too. I say all the time, get a journal, write it in a journal, have your support groups, have your study groups, if you will, have people that you know that are committed to the work with you to work through these big emotions. You don't have to hold them all in because we are also doing our best to escape from that sense of individualism and to build community and to work together. I believe in you, I believe in us. And I believe that taking that extra time to listen to yourself as part of the work that you're doing is going to not only make you more effective, it is going to make you stronger because you get to learn more about yourself as part of creating this change. I thank you so much for joining me. This was a good welcome back. I am excited to hear what you think. I believe there's a place that you can leave comments. If not, you can find me on any of my social media channels as a way to leave comments about what you thought there. I am Portia Noir on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm excited to be back to recording more regularly. Uh, and then as a final update, since we are getting caught up, if you're familiar with the website Blogger, I have created a new blog that I'm excited to get back into writing as well. That's something that I have not been doing and I'm excited to get back there. And I feel that also writing is gonna give me a way to do some long form thinking longer than the videos that I put out. And also another way for you to comment, ask questions and continue this, this growth and this work that we're doing together. You can get the link to my blog on my link tree, which is available on any one of my platforms as well. I love you all. Make sure that you stay hydrated. A quick recap of my action items for you from this episode. Make sure you have a journal. Make sure you have a support group if, if, if that is possible. Make sure that you have community around you that's important with this work. Just as much as it is decolonizing, finding your community. And when you feel activated by things that you hear, that you see, or that you are taught, when you feel that activation, pay attention to where you're feeling it in your body. And maybe even make that part of your journal. Today I heard this and I felt it in my gut and I need to get through it. Today I felt this or I heard this and I felt it in my chest. I need to figure this out. I believe in you. I believe in you all. I believe that you are here because you want to do something meaningful. All right, my darlings, stay hydrated and I cannot wait to talk to you soon.